Do you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. Good morning, Alan. Yes, I still haven't uh, found Christmassy things to share, so I guess... I'll have to send you all the the library I collected a couple years ago. (laughs) Okay. I would appreciate that, because I think that they're... uh, cross-platform easy and stuff like that and let me turn off a whole bunch of other stuff so that i have all the bandwidth to dedicate to right our little podcast okay well you you notice my background looks very christmasy but if you look real close at the christmas tree it's marvel characters i i do see that i'm thinking i've seen groot and or maybe i'm trying to think uh yeah. exactly okay and distorted versions of them so they're they're elfin versions of things all yes right. yes that's fun and then i got my santa hat on today <laughs> very good <laughs> so yeah boy you know i uh give me a moment let me see if i can you know i gotta have something better than the northern lights i don't want to ever do one where it's you know two in a row the same thing right yeah how about uh how about a library have we had libraries a library is uh, always good on a cold winter day when it's wishing exactly. for snow <laughs> 40 something exactly so so look what i got i got holiday cupcakes they're limited edition so that means if i keep them for 25 or 30 years they'll be worth money right because it's limited edition yes and the sad sad thing about that is i know i've seen scientific studies where they like took a twinkie and did indeed leave it alone for decades and it was still standards wise fresh enough to eat so whatever is twinkie i don't know about cupcakes but i'm pretty sure that like there's no more real food in those. They're all like tri-sodium cupcake eight and stuff like that. You know, they're made out of chemical things that simulate frosting and simulate, uh, 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 you know, uh, brown cake and stuff like that with a little cream filling that who knows what that's been for a long time. But, you but, know? but it's Christmas, so it doesn't really count. That's true. Well, yeah, yeah, I try to get as many petroleum products into me as possible. You right. know? Like all the it microplastics. I, it's kind of funny. Some people really, my old, my younger brother loves ding-dongs, for instance, that it's just the right amount of chocolate and cake and filling for him. And so many things are too sweet for me, or they just taste fake and plastic. Yes. And so it's like, I'll take one, but he'll like go through a box and I'm, wow, I, I, I don't know how people's taste buds, there's no accounting for how various different things are, hot, sweet, whatever else it right. might be. And yet that artificial thing, especially where they like, coat your mouth that you can feel that yeah, whatever they've yeah. done to simulate fat all the oleesters or whatever there right. it makes me feel like like i got to get it out you know well, what i mean like a cat going with a hairball or something like that so, honestly i'll probably take a couple bites of one of them and i probably won't even finish that one and i'll give the other to somebody else right. or throw it away <laughs> it was just i i got winter wonderland hot cocoa i'm like ooh. It's exactly. not that good either. <laughs> and it's funny. I don't know. It's with the holidays. It's like, let's try some pumpkin spice. Let's do, you know, my Colleen, for instance, she loves, she's a purist about coffee and there's all kinds of Christmas brews, if you yes. will. And I've gotten her a couple. And after a while I've stopped because she doesn't care about the cinnamon and cloves. She doesn't care about all the additives. She really just wants the straight up coffee. Agreed. And I guess there's Christmas beers. You know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like, I, I, I I think I like things that taste of Christmas, but I like make me a cookie. Don't take something that I already like and get me Christmas Diet Dr. Pepper or something like that. You know, I, cookies. Only <laughs> cookies are so subjective because we get cookies from people. And I went to an event where they were doing a fundraiser selling cookies. And right. almost every time it's like, yeah, none of these are that good. Uh, you know, it's not worth my, they just don't taste good. I don't know what people do. Yeah. You know what my solution for that is, you know, I love baking and a number of, I just revived the thing last year because I hadn't done it for a long time. I, my mom had a real good recipe for like um, chocolate chip cookies, Toll House chocolate chip cookies. But instead of making them only with chocolate chips, I get the mint chocolate chip and the butterscotch and the uh, uh, dark chocolate and whatever else it might be. And then 
I make a variety of them and I'm not the devil that then tries to put in, you know, mix them all together. So you don't know whether you're going to get the bittersweet versus the milk chocolate. And, and most of them, you can tell that they give like the mint, huh? It's green. You might be able to tell, but I, they've been a hit when I brought them because it's not only cookies, it's a variety. And I guess the base cookie is the right amount of crunch and chew that it tastes okay as the delivery mechanism right. for these very <laughs> flavors. You know what right. I mean? So, you know, that's kind of the same way they talk about doing specimens in the Petri dishes in laboratories. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You put a little couple of dots there. Let's see how the E. coli strain right. XYZ grows over here. Exactly. Right. So. <laughs> so, hey, you before we uh, talk more Christmas stuff, you were talking about uh, you just researched and got a VPN. So I'm curious what your research up because my VPN uh, came with a, a whole package with my antivirus, my password protection and all that stuff. So, right. So the, hmm, I have been, I'm not super secure. Most of, I have my, my router has, you know, I've got everything set up at home so that I'm really pretty safe here. Though the, I have, uh, all the right appropriate things with the router where I do things through proxy. I do things through, um, I always go to secure websites. You can always see the HTTPS and, and that it does all the negotiations. So I'm pretty sure that's okay. Um, but they've become more and more intrusive with how many trackers are working on you. And there's places where like when you go to Facebook and the web has always had this, every single browser, I can't say that there's some that specialize in not having this stuff. They have little, pixels or ways of tracking based on your IP address or your, your movement, you know, you, you develop a fingerprint, you know, it's obvious, Hey, if I'm always going to the comic book the site and then my check my investments, then I go to Facebook for a while. They're pretty sure that whatever my IP address is me. So I, I've been not only at home, I've been out traveling, as you know, this whole last year has been um, being out in California and my parents set up, didn't have all those things set up that I did. So I tried more armoring my laptop and, but it still was when I'm in the airport and I'm using a free connection when right. I'm uh, just out at uh, uh, McDonald's, a coffee shop, a library where I've ended up at various different times while I'm waiting for other things to happen. I just was seeing enough suspicious activity, not only in tracking me, but just thank God I didn't have anything where at one point when we were um, moving stuff up for Colleen's son, Tim in Wisconsin, we stayed at a hotel, but right after we stayed there, things were charged to my credit card because I had used the credit card for doing something there. And like everybody, there's always the possibility for sniffers, for people that are monitoring internet traffic on, a, on an open line, if you will, where there's no encryption. And I, I, whatever I was using didn't seem to be successful enough. I had been using, um, Let's see, OmniVPN, NordVPN. I had tried various different ones, and a couple of them are inexpensive or free. They're open source, which usually I kind of trust because I like the idea that open source is not a proprietary thing, that that it doesn't really get tested. Open source gets tested by everyone, right. and they really are usually able to determine that this is the encryption level is fine, the there's no man-in-the-middle attacks possible and stuff. And we it's kind of funny. I really love this stuff, but I don't, it's not easy to talk about it without giving a whole bunch of background as to the people, to most people, the internet just works. But if you really understand what's going on with seven layer protocol and where you are physically and virtually and all that kind of stuff, there's lots of things that have to work well to get you where you want to go. You know, all the yeah. DNS naming and all that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of things because the internet wasn't, um, it was based on openness you know what I mean? The whole point of the internet was we're going to get this packet from here to here without fail. And in order to do that, here's how the addressing scheme works and so forth. Baking in security afterwards to establish secure connections, to establish encryption, to um, start to have like uh, all that stuff was an add-on. And unless you configure it well, and unless you keep it updated, it deteriorates over the course of time. You know what I mean? So I... I didn't try every VPN out there and do my own research, but I have an idea of what I'm looking for. Uh, I really wanted it to be that when I, some of the VPNs, the reason I started, I shied away from using them was you put it in place and like, I sure am safe. And then everything is twice as slow. Everything yes. and like certain things just don't work. Um, right. If you're like trying to get tickets through Ticketmaster and you get to the payment page and the pop-up won't come up because it's blocking pop-ups and, and that's, not a VPN itself, but there's other, again, layers and, you know, uh, in your browsers, you can have 
ad blockers, content blockers, uh, privacy badger that someone mentioned. When I mentioned this online, a whole bunch of people chimed in with their good stuff, their favorites. And I've, I trust, for instance, the EFF, the Electronic uh, Frontier Foundation, right. that right. they've created this thing and have kind of like my same standards where my their heart is in the same place in terms of the right amount of security and privacy and that it's um, not open source built, but that the way it works is you, you, um, they maintain blacklists and whitelists, and it's not just you, it's also the world. And in fact, a number of investments that I'm into, um, CloudStrike, uh, 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 you know, they are good because they don't just try to say, we'll maintain our list of who the good and bad actors are, the good and bad DNS addresses and all the kind of stuff. Um, we will let the whole world feed us that information and put in the algorithms that do the right amount of security without over blocking. Because I've had things like a whole... Um, things get going from whitelist to blacklist, and then an entire top-level you know, IP address, everything underneath it gets blocked. And so this bad guy was on the same thing as National Geographic was. And all of a sudden, why can't I get to... So um, I read, there's there's people that their job they and their, their joy is doing all this stuff, testing before, how it works. Let me sure. interject real quick uh, before you talk about your research and what you did. So two two things... One of the hardest thing with the VPNs is, like you said, blocking and not blocking because you go to Ticketmaster and you may even know and understand how to add a website whitelisted into your VPN and your antivirus and all of those. Right, but right. what it's using is another third-party service to do the payment. And so that's not, or it's using a third-party service, which is also using part of this other company's service. So you may get part of it, but not the other part. And it's it's very frustrating. And even I understand what I'm doing and how it works and what I'm looking for. And there are sites when I'm like, oh yeah, I have to turn it completely off when I go to this site because I can't get it whitelisted no matter what I do. And that's yeah. a, a danger. I'm trying to start to maintain a little list, you know, like a, a paper list off to the side of my thing where it's like, before you go in using Safari or, you know, I, I not only use Safari, though that's my preferred one, but Chrome and Firefox and Opera and Edge and the, the major ones, DuckDuck, and, and it's, it's kind of funny, some browsers, they're inseparable from their search engine or whatever else it might be. And yet there's a big difference between DuckDuckGo as a site, not its own browser. Right. So it, but I see what, exactly what you're saying. Early on, they because places all didn't want to maintain their payment system where it had to have that level of real security that they couldn't have somebody come in and steal credit card numbers from them because they didn't know what they were doing. So there started to be those various different places that they, they handed off at the end. Well, if, if, if that handoff is uh, suspicious, and suspicious doesn't have to mean anything bad, it just is, oh, you're going to another site. I don't trust this other site as much as the one you're currently on. It's that, so I see. And so as a consumer, I bump into that. You trying to do it programmatically that whatever you're working on to try to make sure that your payment system, yeah. you know, a lot of people have a, a storefront app and then that storefront app, a big part of its job is not only making sure that it's safe, but make sure that the world knows, don't, don't stop me. <laughs> don't block me. You know right, what I mean? Right. And, so, and with that, yeah. before you talk about all your research, you mentioned open source, uh, and that it, for for the lesser no, uh, knowledgeable geeks of VPN, just because it's free doesn't mean it's open source. And especially mm -hmm. if it's free, question it, whether it's trustworthy, because there are, especially on your phones, there are companies out there that will make an app. Oh, free VPN will block all this stuff. And what they're really doing is gathering everywhere you go and in your information. All your traffic. Because they're really hackers. There's, there's thing you got to be careful. Uh, that's why Absolutely. what you did, the research. I mean, I use the VPN attached to uh, my Kaspersky Total Suite antivirus, and it's also my uh, bank vault for all my passwords. So it okay. was like a whole big suite. A couple years ago, I looked into it. It was highly recommended. Multiple trustworthy sites, and I've just kind of kept it. You know, right. uh, all those years. So that, that that's its own good recommendation that it's been around for a while, that, that it has multiple, you know, of course, that's what I'm discovering now is that now that I've adopted this VPN, I, I myself don't use a password manager except what's built into Safari. And it's got a good one. It suggests appropriately dense passwords and keeps track of them for you with a master password that lets you get to everything. And 
So I, and it sadly, you know, there's one pass, last pass, there's a number of password managers out there. And I think it was last pass, right? That just got penetrated. So here's the one that's purporting to, I'll save all your passwords. I'll remain ultra secure. And then you can use me everywhere you go. And they've been penetrated twice. Yeah. And so of course it, it, it makes sense. What would be a bigger hacker target than the repository for everyone's right. passwords everywhere? Which oh. speaks to a couple things <laughs> that, you know, you can't just blindly trust everything out there just because it's a big company because they're the ones getting touch more. And the power of our computers now make, pro the, you know, if you have a six character password, that's a dictionary word, yeah. you might as well just leave it wide open. That's not even that's a password exactly right. anymore. I mean, yeah. my password bank that Kaspersky has a couple years ago, it defaulted to eight characters when it created a random password. And then they changed right. it up to 10 and then 12. And now by default, it generates 16 character random passwords with capitals, lowercase numbers, symbols, and way more symbols than letters and numbers. So you can't memorize them. And if you right. do that, well, oh, I'm gonna make a password I memorized, you're, you're done, you're, you're hacked, you know, already. Right. And I had that discussion. Oh my gosh, with something somebody said, Oh, well, I'm just sharing this on Facebook. It's fun. Right. And you just gave them the information that your account exists, that you grew up on this road, you had a dog named this. They're going to go guess your password on your bank. And it, oh, it was Google. That's right. Me and my cousin are selling stuff on Facebook. And okay. immediately when you post something to sell, Within 30 seconds, you'll get four or five people saying, hey, I really want this. Give me your phone number and uh, we'll set up a wow. time. And, and it's that fast. Right. And what? And then they that that's a standard attack. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And almost okay. everybody on Facebook uses Google phone to protect their phone number. So they say, hey, I want to I, I want you to call me, but it's asking for the Google uh, ID code. It just got sent to your phone. Give that to me and uh, you can call me. Well, what they're doing is resetting your password and getting control of your Google voice number. Right. There you go. So, and, then, and then charge things to it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That's right. So you anyway, know, it, it's, it's uh, honestly, I'll, I'll digress in an interesting way. So while I'm getting a little bit more secure and paranoid and so forth, um, it's it, long ago, any number of um, big, smart people, the Bruce, uh, let's see, Schneier of the world had books about, honestly, privacy is already gone. If you've had any presence all the way back to the days of BBSs, CompuServe, AOL, etc., anything you've ever done on the internet is on the in, is in the internet archive. You know this thing roams around, spiders the web, and takes snapshots of everything. So even if you think that all you did was post to the um, kitten grooming website, it's out there for people to find in some way. So. I just read an article in Wired Magazine about the dark web and how at one time the Pirate Bay was the biggest uh, uh, purveyor of naughty stuff, um, drugs, and uh, I don't know about munitions, but all kinds of things that you would find difficult walking into a store and buying, you could get them by putting in Bitcoins or anonymous fund sources, and they eventually found the guy that did the pirate bay well a whole bunch of people were vying to then be the next big site and apparently um either, i think it's called maybe it's alpha bay but at least alpha is involved the main guy alpha zero two that created this was really a good coder so everything about how he built his new dark website really was as good as you could get with no leaks no uh good encryption etc cetera, etc cetera. but the way that they caught him was it turns out that this guy is maybe late 20s um, what you don't get a late spontaneous hacker at late twenties. They've probably been doing it since they were thirteen, and they were young and bold, and they were in the Legion of Doom or you know any number of hacker groups. And they might have, unfortunately, everywhere I go, I'm Alan Baltus. And back when college, I was boy with brain in a jar, and you just kind of like fall in love with a numb de plume, and you use that everywhere. Well, right. so did Alpha Zero Two. He had done all kinds of things in all kinds of places until he became aware of, I really need to go kind of below the surface and live in the Merck. They were able to trade, um, uh, track all kinds of information into his past to be able to find that his private guy, a guy named Alexander Kavez, if I remember right. And of course, he kept talking about how he was affiliated with the Russians and probably lived in Europe and so forth. No, all that was a ruse, social engineering wise. He actually lived in Thailand in a nice anonymous little house, but it was 
he made so much money that he had like money stuffed into the walls of his house, money in stacks on the floor. If you ever came into his house, you would know this guy isn't legit. <laughs> so I, that's that whole way of saying there really is a reason to be not paranoid, but cautious, because if you're a good actor, they don't care about me. They care about knowing, hey, I just bought a lot of Christmas CDs and now I'm going to see if he wants more. And, and, you know, and people make fun of that. Like, hey, I bought a humidifier. Apparently all the humidifier places think I want a collection of humidifiers because now I'm getting all the humidifier ads. No, I needed the one. Thank you. So um, it's my doing this and another big theory about this. And, and the like I said, I really have big fans, you know, the, the, um, the, the gentleman, um, Phil Zimmer, I, I really should be able to. Like, I don't know these guys, but I know of them. And I and actually, I've had some conversations at HackerCons and stuff with them. They, they're they really good at, it isn't about being perfect necessarily, but it is about like, just why do you have things to secure your house? You're not trying to be like a moated castle, but you are trying to say if 90% of what happens bad is opportunistic crime, then at least don't be the most open, stupid come and get me type guy, put up the sign that says, I have a security system, have a doorbell that when it rings, your dog barks, the fake dog bark, if you want to do that. All those little things are going to say, I think I'll just go down the street and I'll see who's a little bit more open and I don't have to worry about getting mauled by this guy's bull mastiff and stuff like right. that, okay? So that's kind of what I'm trying to do is, I don't want my job to be full-time security and be paranoid about, I never go anywhere without making sure, I, I hope, I haven't paid a huge penalty. I've never been lax about this, but I've also never been totally locked down. I know I'm out there. Alan Baltus, if you do a Google, if I ego surf and look for Alan Baltus, I'd be like, well, Alan Baltus uh, posted to this library site and he was on Jeopardy and he's in Mensa. And you can immediately put together a little, a little footprint for me. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so I went and read all kinds of articles about VPNs from places that I think do good research, um, the, the um, CNETs, the, the Forbes, um, uh, Tom's Hardware, you know, where they're, they have their um, hobbyist and up or their professional and they're trying to give you like Ziff Davis at, at, at runs multiple magazines like PC Mag and stuff like that. And they, they do these kinds of reviews all the time. What's the best hard drive to buy for the money and all that kind of stuff. So, and then I, as I read the reviews, I'm looking for, well, a lot of what they emphasized here is exactly what I would emphasize, or they did it from a business context, and it doesn't really matter to me as a, a consumer, a prosumer, if you will. So I'm looking for where their criteria match. You know, that, that that's their term. It's not like, oh, I'm elevating myself. Um, <laughs> and so from multiple places, then you get the idea of, well, there's a whole bunch of them that figure into the top five everywhere. So I'm probably going to go with one of those guys. Right. And then my biggest criteria were I really wanted to lose the minimum amount of speed. And so in that, in that case, it's kind of funny. You want to think that the internet is just in the cloud and it's equal everywhere, but there still is a certain amount of um, wire lengths, co-location in more places around the United States. You know, the way a VPN works is that you, you attach to a server, it encrypts all your traffic so that your stuff is never in the open on the web. And if you have the only server available is in Thailand, then there's a lag because you're going to go across the world back and forth. Well, some of them have, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 servers all around the United States. And so you, you use the one that's physically closest to you. And if you know a little bit about how the backbone of the United States works, then you say, well, where's the nearest big point of presence, the biggest hub for various different carriers? And you're like, I'd rather be in Washington, D.C. or L.A. or, you know what I mean, where you know that there's a lot of traffic than in Arkansas. You know what I mean? Little Rock is just not going to be, but there's it's kind of funny when you do internet speed tests, you can see that there really are some things that are illusory, like maybe actually Arkansas would be good because what's there, Walmart, and they made sure that the state's infrastructure was way upgraded so that they'd be able to have right, good right. corporate data. So having said that, ExpressVPN was the one that seemed to be, it had, they, they test for all different kinds of exposures, leaks, uh, uh, it's a kind of traffic that they can throw through it and see if there's anything that if they try to attack it and they have their own white hat hackers that do these things, was there any way that they were able to penetrate? ExpressVPN has um, AES-256, you know, the highest level of encryption that's commercially available. And as we get more and more mighty computers, quantum computing, pretty soon it's going to be, well, a hack that used to take 
seven weeks to run. And so you can not worry about it. Now it's going to take seven minutes and then they'll just do a every single character stream in 256, every dictionary attack, right. every, they, the, when I think of, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this before. One of the ways that I generate passwords is not only randomly through the password thing, but I have song lyrics. They stay in my mind. And so I'll type out like um, the, the words to a certain lyric and maybe not don't start with the first verse, but the second. So it'll be a little bit more obscure or capitalize certain letters, either the first or the second or randomly. And then you got to kind of remember what pattern you use. But anytime that you establish a standard and use a pattern, that's exactly what the computer will say. Well, he did one and two and three and four. Do you know what I mean? You have right. to be like, it's got to be memorable to you as a human being. And yet not that the computer can say, gotcha, I figured you out. <laughs> and, and that's and the important thing here is because things keep progressing, it, you, you can't, like you said, just get something, install it and be done. You got to update them. You got to work with them a little bit. It takes some work. And just because ExpressVPN is the number one right now, they may not update as much and may not keep up and something else will come in and take its place in a couple of years. So That's there's right. a balance there too. Cause again, none of these are completely hundred percent secure and going to solve yeah. everything, but oh, you know, what? You, you know what popped into my mind real quick. Sorry. My mind bounced. Oh. Remember the old movies when people would be cracking codes, it'd be like seven characters and they'd match individual characters. Oh, we got that one. Like it was a, a, a wheel of fortune game or something. Exactly that. Numbers falling down like Tetris. It's like, Oh, you yeah. got it. You know, oh, you yeah. got, you got the third and fourth out of seven. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. But anyway, <laughs> another thing that gave me confidence in ExpressVPN was that they've been high rated for a long time, like decades. So they, they've survived all the attention that comes from being the top rated one, because then immediately people want to see, well, I'm the one that beat ExpressVPN or whatever right. else it might be. And in fact, I think that some of the other VPNs have had problems with that, that when Nord was really uh, a big Surfshark, um, trying to think you know, others by name that I can start naming, it was a 13 year old hackers, like the way he got his, his bones was to say, I, I broke them. You know what I mean? So right. it's, uh, I'm, I am, it is, I intend to, just like you want to you want to do a review every once in a while of am i using the best browser am i using the best search engine am i am i using the best security i i gave myself that little tickler of you know next year uh in the lull after christmas i think i'll review vpns and see if this is still the one i want i got like a year subscription so i'm gonna learn it and then there's a certain amount of course like anything else there's a stickiness that comes from it works just like i like and i know where its uh, control panels are and i know what kind of alerts it puts out and so it's non-intrusive except when it needs to be because like boo, boo, you know you're getting attacked that kind of thing um i will it's kind of okay to have i should check my auto insurance i should you know what i mean there's certain things that you don't realize uh time works against you sometimes that you become fat, dumb, and happy, and you really should do those reviews because there's always new tech coming along. And there's always right. that, that kind of like deterioration of old tech where they get set in their ways or something. Um, so for now, the only things that I've noticed, it's not perfect. It does still have like it interferes with certain installers. So, and, and certain malware. So I like uh, malware fighters. I like Mac malware bytes and, uh, and Sophos, and it started to have like, okay, I'm having to revalidate myself like every time I log on. That didn't used to happen. So what's happening? You know, my traffic that it you, itself uses to talk to its whitelist, update my my you know bad definitions and stuff like that. I got a feeling that that's getting blocked, muddled, whatever. And I gotta think of how I'm gonna do that. Am I gonna like? turn my VPN off at two in the morning, let these things do their updates and then turn it back on at three. Does it have a feature that lets me turn it on and off on a timed schedule? Right. And then once I do that, it's like, well, that's hacker hour. That's what all the hackers do it is at two in the morning because they know that's how the updates happen. Right. So I, I'm just trying to like, like you know, it's, and it's not so much, it's kind of funny. I've been very much experimenting at home to see what it does, but the real test is going to be, now I'm going to have it, I have it on my laptop and I'm going to be going to California just a couple of days. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's it like in an airport? Does it send me alerts? Does it still run as fast as I want it to? What's it like when I'm at my parents' house and I don't have to worry about the ISP that they have and the router that they have and that they didn't set a lot of this up, but I'll still be safe there or in my hotel. Right. And so this will be the, I guess the acid test. You know what I mean? I'll find out if I chose wisely or if it's going to be why wow, I can't live like this. I can't, I'm, 
I'm fast enough in how I flit amongst various different, my email, my, my uh, Facebook, my uh, spreadsheets, whatever I'm doing, I can't have it be that work becomes torturous because yes. I'm safe. <laughs> and, and that's the problem with the VPNs is they can, it, it, there's a balance because you can make it super secure and tight, but then you can't even get to google.com or, or msn.com. You, you know, it, it blocks everything. It blocks every picture, every video, every ad, every, uh, you know, it is every link and you just can't work and operate. But then if you just turn it off, well, there, what's the point? Um, the point? And exactly. some, something, uh, most of the people listening, I'm hoping, understand this but we most of us use like a cable modem uh which modem doesn't really fit but that's the term we use now so we'll just move on <laughs> but the what they do then is they hook right into the cable modem via wi-fi or something like that and that is so dangerous because those companies spectrum we unfortunately have to use spectrum here and at&t is another you know what they do is they buy 5,000 of the same boxes from a company and that company sets the username and password the exact same on all of those boxes. So all the hackers know, hey, this area is spectrum. Everybody in this IP range is using this particular box. We can hack into it. And right. yeah. so if you hook directly up to your cable modem without any router or any other protection, you're just wide open to the net and you're screwed. Yeah. So I have a router that is password protected that they have to get into the cable modem into my router to get into my network. And I've got security on that along with security on the computers. So yeah. that's in fact, that's not, you know, often uh, there are certain things that were I read early on about security that I kind of adopted as my mantras. One of the things you want to do is you don't have a huge, big, tough wall. But then if they penetrate that, they're in and they have free run, you want it to be layered so that it degrades elegantly. They might be able to get in that first layer, but then you still have other things that will slow them down enough and, and kind of all the, the levels of deterrence, all the levels of safety. And so that's kind of what I try to do, too, is I same. I have you know, things on my router, things on my computer have uh, want to make sure that if if I'm going to use my phone and my laptop out in the field, that can't be how they get in you know what i mean it's kind of funny long ago i don't think i'm telling stories out of school i was director of databases for progressive insurance and we had a slammer attack slammer was a worm that got in through sql um, database servers and it didn't get in to progressive it got in because somebody was working on something at home they weren't security tight enough it got on their machine and all then they had to do was come into the a uh, progressive network where if you were in the building, if you passed physical security, they figured you were okay. They didn't have the same and boom, it was lots of places. And it, it really is all so much of hacking nowadays is not only, Hey, I got a fast computer. I got a dictionary attack. Let's do that. It's all the social engineering that says, download this app. It's going to be able to give you, you know, free, uh, um, uh, flashlight activities. You know what I mean? That that was like uh, reviled as being. That's in so many cases how bad apps got on your phone is because who doesn't want a nice weather app? Who doesn't want a nice flashlight app? And that was their delivery system. Right. So I'm I'm waiting to see if you know on. Yeah, I'm leaving out to say this. Competence in any particular platform is no guarantee of competence on every platform. And so here's hoping because I look for that as well. I not only run on Mac, but on iPhone and on, on Windows, I wanted to make sure that all those big ones were covered. Is it covered for Linux? Is it covered? I, you know, I I don't want it to be that, hey, my my power grid got taken over because they're running an old version of G8 or whatever. You know what I mean? There's like different operating systems that um so we'll see about i don't want to see any suspicious things on my phone uh and and i i'm I, it's an experiment and i hope it's not a foolish experiment you know what i mean i i'm pretty sure i picked a good one and after one another one thing that seems to happen is you know one it's not all these things trying to make themselves sticky in terms of how useful they are they also have things like does it have a deinstaller so that you can really really get rid of it if you don't want it anymore instead of it being it keeps prompting me to go from the home to the premium version. I thought I uninstalled it entirely. What the hell is it put on my machine right. that it's like still got a, a hook into me? And I just read, you know, there's any number of things, anything that works at the low level on your computer, 
is a natural thing for the hackers to look at that say, if you're using a disk utility that's going to be doing directory cleanup or whatever else it might be, you're already giving it permissions to do pretty serious disk stuff. And all we got to do is be able to hack not your operating system, but that utility. And then we're in. Or, or <laughs> offering some free utility that's some big tool that does stuff, but what it's really doing is getting rid of all the competition and like getting, yeah. yeah. And well, you mentioned Kapersky, but previous to that, McAfee had, and I don't know how much of this was ever proven, it had a reputation for both being a solution and a problem. By yep. that meaning that it really did offer a whole bunch of different virus fighting type stuff, but it sure seemed to also be that like, where are things coming from right. <laughs> that were, were they creating things to create demand? Please don't McAfee lawyers. I think it's gone now. Right. Or if it's out there, it's not run by paranoid Mr. McAfee who would now, you know, Oh, I saw you guys on a podcast and then I sued your buttocks off. Right. I don't you know. It was, there was enough, there were enough articles and enough evidence of, uh, ripple effects of where a, a new worm got found and it was like well where did it come from and then you kind of well that, that's suspicious and 10 times suspicious is like well now there's a pattern maybe right and so just from and it could all have been a social engineering campaign on the part of kaspersky to defame mcafee and say don't use that one it's suspicious and i don't know kaspersky where is that out of like if yeah. it's out of east europe it's, it's actually it's russia which i've i've kind of questioned so, it lately i've been like maybe i should it's been a couple years saying. maybe it's time to look into something else <laughs> honestly i i've thought that i'm like it's worked really well but is there something that would suit me a little better yeah. you know some part it's this kind of you know one of the big things that people use vpns for is they now have things you know for a long time uh, actual dvds have been coded for regions one through seven so you can't play it everywhere that you go well there's content that's like that too you can't get to um like uh, off the top of my head i don't know if this is true amazon.co.uk is not exactly the same selection and prices as amazon.com which is the big united states one and there are other sites like Amazon has Prime Video, what's on Prime Video in England might not be what's on right. Prime Video here. And if you really can't wait to see Doctor Who until the week after, because it first premieres on BBC and then comes here, then you use a VPN to look like you're from England instead right. of the United States. And then you pass their uh, address test, if you will. Well, people use VPNs for that to spoof addresses because they, they, they sign into the server that says, I'm coming from the British Virgin Islands. And that's actually where... ExpressVPN is based out of. And so it's like, well, are they one of those non-extradition countries? Am I like buying a Venezuelan evil VPN? Right. You know what I mean? So there's it's it, the minute you go out of what you think is relatively civilized United States, there's all kinds of places that have different ideas about intellectual property rights and that they're they're more regularly hacked and they're looking for a clown like me. I think I'm being sneaky because my VPN came in so I could watch Doctor Who. And instead that now they got all my traffic for everywhere that I shop because I tried using it for Amazon as well. Right. And I I'm 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 awfulizing things. It doesn't, I really don't think that that's happening with this one. And yet um I'm aware that there are things out there that are like, if it's too good to be true, it it probably is not true. You know what I mean? Right. It can't be that you're going to get free, uh, you know, access for the next 10 years to this VPN. And don't worry, they have just the interest of humanity at heart. You know, they're, anyway. <laughs> right, right. Yep. All right. So um, yeah. we, you mentioned music. That was, we talked a bit last week, and then you created a monster of a online Facebook topic. <laughs> So uh, I love when this happens. You know, I, I throw a whole bunch of stuff onto Facebook and sometimes it's just, hey, look, I, you know, we went, Cal Klein and I went for a walk and some people who like walking will chime in. But once in a while you talk about interesting topics and you don't get one or two or three replies, you get like dozens and hundreds. And so I mentioned, hey, I have some standard Christmas stuff that I like listen to. But, you know, it's kind of like just like when you listen to a Christmas radio station, Colleen often complains about this. If you hear like the same 20 30 40 songs like while you're listening while you're driving you hear the same song come on that's just really disheartening there's billions <laughs> of yeah. christmas songs why am i hearing mariah carey again etc etc and why why not one of the other <laughs> cover versions that people have done of that song exactly. play something a little different yeah. yeah i was heartened while we were decorating our tree we had magic 
on, which has gone to all Christmas music. And that was one of the ones that, that uh, Colleen was worried that we'd hear, here's the same Mannheim steamroller. Here's the same, you know, for, et cetera. Well, we, we worked on the tree for hours and it, we didn't seem to hear any repeats. And so I'm hoping that some radio stations have gotten the idea that that actually turns people off, that it's not, I want to hear my favorites again and again. And I don't know how I really stand about this because I am very much a non-repeat. I like new all the time. Some people, and maybe they, they love it. They love hearing the hits. They right. love hearing their same secure things. Kids start off like that. The number of times that a kid can watch their favorite Disney video <laughs> would have me vomiting in the nearest restaurant. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? I just, I, so <laughs> I let, got let it. Me, I thought. <laughs> let me jump on a slight tangent and we'll come back to Christmas sure. music. This is related. <laughs> so Spotify, uh, I mean, first of all, Spotify is great because you can look up, like I looked up Jazz Christmas and I found some Jazz Christmas albums that I've never heard. I looked up Big Band Christmas and, you know, yeah. so you can do that. And get that variety. But I listen, I, I buy and have almost everything I want to ever listen to. If I like a group, I like an album, I buy it. And right. so Spotify does their year-end wrapped uh, every year. I don't know if you've seen that, where they, they keep track of all this data, and then they give you this thing of here's the artists you listen to. Here's your most popular songs. Here's how many minutes here's, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So I got mine and I think okay. it was like 2,400 minutes for the whole year. Uh, okay. You know, but again, right not, now I've got a, 24 seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now I've got a playlist right here of Christmas music, but it's all stuff I own. It's all my CDs that I've, you know, put on MB3. Okay. And so I'm not even on Spotify most of the time. Right. My son, on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> he got his wrapped for the end of the year. He listened to something like 220,000 minutes of music. That's like 51 times as much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 51 okay. straight days. <laughs> I mean, it was, okay. you know, like it was, he's in the top 0.005% of all Spotify listeners. <laughs> we took the main, the biggest artist he listened to. And I uh, found out how much they pay average artists. We figured up and I, so they paid that artist more than double what we paid in fees to Spotify. <laughs> so from my son, a couple artists made more money than they would have uh, from other people or from him buying CDs. So he's like, that's okay. my claim to fame. You know, there we go. You know what? I'm happy to hear anything about how some artists made money on Spotify because the story you often hear is they're getting micro payments yeah. and that things that are really hits, they're making nowhere near as much as the old way of release the CD, publicize it, get it into a hundred thousand people's hands or millions or whatever right. else it might be. And nowadays, I, from what I understand, so many of the streaming services, artists kind of have to go out on tour because that's how they make money nowadays. Right. And, and the, the numbers support that despite Colin being the, the wonderful outlier, the statistical per perversion that he yes. is. Yeah. In many other places, it just is, it's giving it away for free. And you hope that it's enough of a lost leader that will inspire people to say, come see me when you're in your town. You yeah. know what I mean? It almost and makes me want to, at night when I, I, you know, I'm done working and stuff, it makes me want to turn on my favorite artist on Spotify and go to bed, <laughs> you know, just let it run all night. <laughs> Someone just mentioned that, that they do that, that for um, friends that have released stuff at, you know, small press stuff, if you will, they kind of like have a way of requesting it again and again and again and again. Right. So that... It builds their placement on the charts. It makes more micro payments to that person, you know, even when they're not really listening. Right. And so there's no system. There's no game that you won't within two minutes have someone thinking, how can I game that system? Yeah. How can I, yep. you know, okay. So, so and I guess I, I'd rather that individuals doing it than there's a big combine in yes. Bulgaria that is forcing Eurovision Song Contest winners down the throats of the public right. well, like, by doing that kind of... <laughs> didn't MMS get in trouble for that clear back in the 70s or something? There was some contest, the biggest radio station in America, and they stuffed the ballot box to win, right. and it gave them a bad rep. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny, that that being in Cleveland before I was here, but that happened in Chicago, too. That you was like, when you hear certain ones are winning the most popular thing, it's like, 
I don't know anybody that listens to that amongst my friends. <laughs> oh, because they had the legion of people that sent yeah. in exactly postcards. Yeah. I love you guys. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what's some new Christmas music that you've actually listened to that you're like, oh, I'm glad I just someone told me about this. It's funny. I so I, you know, uh I got a whole bunch just yesterday, like 10 CDs, and wow. I just everything and, and so I um straight no chaser, really good. That's love all a cappella, and like yeah, this is um they might have more than one and i think i now got two of their three if i remember correctly and they're beautiful you know sometimes people are just so talented their voices are so pure the music is so beautiful it's like ethereal you know what i mean and they're very playful you can do things with human voices that you kind of can't do with instruments and so i i, I that's uh, immediately like i'm going to hear that again stroke no chaser is one of the recommendations i got a bunch of frank sinatra Ooh. and um like old crooners if you will i got the rat pack christmas so it's frank and dino and sammy davis jr and i think those are the main three and they're very stripped down I'm, i i like complex music and so manheim steamroller i'm all about that because there's a lot going on but it's really cool to hear a beautiful voice sing silent night and just it being again floaty and perfect and then um uh, uh so and, and I will say this, uh, more evidence of, you know, people are just, uh, things are falling apart a little bit on the edges. The center cannot hold. I got a Christmas uh, Santa, uh, Frank Sinatra Christmas album that had instead Frank Sinatra duets in it. Wow. And so it's like, well, I'm going to return that because I really want the Christmas one. But it's like, did you not, I guess they really don't. Did you make make sure that the CD was in the right box? And stuff like that? Right. The box was what I wanted, the CD case, not that thing. So um I got Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers doing a whole bunch of Christmas duets. And it's kind of funny. His voice is very, very smooth and hers is very perky, but they, they combine them together in nice ways. And that's um, from like the early eighties or something, isn't it? Yeah, some of these are really old. Yeah. I was pleased. One of the reasons I was able to buy so many was that instead of being, Hey, what's Michael Bublé's? I got his older one. So it's like seven bucks instead of the current one, which is 15. And in fact, uh, one, a couple of the recommendations that people made were like, I, and I asked for this specifically, what are the things that you had growing up that you still listen to now? Because it just means so much. It's your family Christmas album. People made a couple of recommendations that they're not even available on CD, or if they are, it's like 35, 50 bucks. Right. Now they're scarce collector's item type stuff but you can get some of them streaming wise and um so i i i did that for a couple uh let's see and, and actually i haven't gotten it yet but when you mentioned the um simeon chorale right harry simeon yep i i i haven't listened to that one yet but i got that one um somebody recommended the uh charlie brown christmas album and why can't i think of his name vince um, garaldi Giraldi, thank you very much. And actually, I didn't get that. I already had that one because I always wanted to be able yeah. to play Linus and Lucy. Do, 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 do. I just wanted to be able to play it whenever I wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So, um, let's see. I know a bassist. Well, I don't know him, but there's a bassist, Stuart Ham, that yeah. plays that two-handed on bass. He plays the bass part, and then he plays the uh, company cool. with it. And, yeah, very talented. Yeah. And again, a quick digression. So... We went to see the um, Carl Palmer band doing Emerson, Lake and Palmer music. It's the 50th anniversary of uh, Welcome Back, My Friends, the show that was coming out. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. I got all excited. And uh, they, he has a great guitarist who can play Keith Emerson's keyboard parts on guitar. Wow. Which, what? What? <laughs> who in the world can do that? But he also has a great bassist and Chapman stick player. And well, this is Paul Bialatovich, and this is Simon Kirk. Kirk uh, Fitzpatrick and he played the Chapman stick like take a pebble from ELP playing all the parts you know what I mean wow. the bass and the keyboard and, and the and and so you can do a lot nowadays with uh, you know um, uh, tap guitars and Chapman sticks and stuff like that that you can play the entire song by yourself if you will and he did it beautifully wow. so um, let's see uh, I got uh, I already had some Brian Setzer because I really like rockabilly yep, yep. and uh, they, he has like 
we I think we talked about this last time. He has boogie woogie Christmas. He has yeah. uh, you know, Santa's got a hot rod. You know what I mean? He's got a couple the, of good ones. The one song he does that I didn't have yet. <laughs> the old uh, Louis Armstrong, is that you, Santa Claus? He yes. does that one. And my daughter, when she was younger, used to giggle at that song so much. Brian Setzer's version. We'd listen to it like in rotation all the right. time. And she would giggle at it. So, yeah. Is yeah. that you, Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah. I still love the Springsteen version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town yeah. that he did in concert. And I think I, I don't think we ever made an album. It's the live version. But that's also got that great, like, Oh, oh, big oh, stacks oh. from Clarence Clemens. Yeah, and the, yeah. You know what I mean? It's really got soul to it. It's and, really and a great song. <laughs> the best part is because it's live. Bruce starts laughing. You can hear him, yes. and it just makes it so special. And and it's got that. And we talk about this with music that you can hit the notes. That doesn't mean that there's any energy and soul to it, and it could suck. But that alone gives that whole song some energy, and they're laughing. And I love Absolutely. that they're having a good time on stage. They're yes. playing off each other. They're loving giving this to the crowd. You yes. know what I mean? I I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and I say that because Def Leppard, right after the pandemic started, they came out with a Christmas song and i'm like oh this will be fun and nice and i listened i said yeah it's 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 an okay song but it's kind of soulless it's there's no blood to it you know yeah yeah it's i i regularly throw in uh i because i have a lot of them i have of course Mannheim steam roller i have trans-siberian orchestra we went to see first night last year and i yeah. think it would have been they were there again, but it was like right the day after Christmas and we were unavailable. And actually, I liked it a lot more than Colleen. So I don't know that we're going to repeat the cover band version of TSO. If we go see him, we'll go see TSO. Yeah. Go, yeah. I I was, I, the first year I saw First Snow, I was like, wow, this is really good. It was great. And then last year, me, you, Colleen, we were looking at each other like, is it me or is there something off about this? It just is not doing it. Wasn't it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Yeah. We, and again, jumping around, we went to see the Guess Who, and every indication from everything that I could see on Ticketmaster and other places was that it was the Guess Who. It was Burton Cummings on vocals, and it was Randy Bachman, maybe. And instead, it was like the drummer now owns the name to the band, and he had a sound-alike guy, but nobody really, really sounds like Burton Cummings. You know yeah. what I mean? So I heard the songs I wanted to hear. I, I heard Clap for the Wolfman. I heard, you know, uh, anyway... Colleen, because she really loves them, was really unhappy with the bait and switch that we felt we got. That I, I, I hadn't built it up totally, but I really was like, I've never seen. Actually, here's the galling part: we stumbled onto guess who when they were at like a taste of Cleveland. That we just, you know, we went to that or what rib fest or whatever it was, and they were one of the bands that night. And it was like. Well, I would have paid money to see these guys. Instead, I paid five bucks for the I want to eat ticket. And then we got to see the guess who? How cool was that? Yeah. Then because we had seen them, this was such a letdown. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, now, Lock 3 in Akron every year on Friday nights at summer, yeah. they do a lot of tribute bands that come in. Like for all the big major tribute bands in the country, they get. And they've had Queen and Aerosmith and Metallica and Bon Jovi. and just great so, music. Summertime yeah. music. Yeah. 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 And it's all free at the amphitheater at Lock 3. So that's you know even if it does suck you can just get up and leave you didn't pay for the ticket but right. honestly some of these bands are so good and they go through the eras of that they're whoever i mean some of these bands are around for 50 things. years yeah it's the awesome original band isn't doing it anymore they do right. things that they they can't you know they can't hit the notes or they aren't they're not that's not part of their set list anymore yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's always I, a good time it's kind of funny i think i, I love prod progressive rock um most of the time when I've been out in California, I've been very purposeful. It's visit mom, it's work on the house, et cetera, et cetera. We're getting to an interesting place of the house got all refurbished. And it's now on the market. So my job is to like get the last things out of the house, but it's nowhere near the boxing up and cleaning up and everything that I had been doing previous. I might have to mow the lawn, that kind of thing. So found out that a band Project is going to be playing Friday night in Escondido, right near where I'm staying. I lived in Escondido. Like That's where I used to live. <laughs> Uh, did you, I did so it, it's you know it's right in on 78 yeah, right, yeah. You know, it, right there um and uh it they're a tribute band but they're not like aspiring musicians they are um Michael Sadler the voice from Saga and Rio uh uh Ak why can't I think of Rio maybe it's Akimoto from Spock's beard they have like 
guys that play this music chops the 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 organizer is um jonathan mover who was like the original drummer for marillion these guys really got it going on and we had seen them one time at the kent state the kent stage oh, wow. and loved them because they're not just doing only a single band's recreation they're picking amongst all of prague and saying why don't we do heart of the sunrise by yes oh, yes wow. yes please stay. do that yes. song yeah, yeah. <laughs> why don't we do and the best of queen the best of elp and genesis and yes and kansas and oh my god so i get a chance to have, that'll be my little christmas that, that sounds so, cool and, and it was one like you know while i'm out there i'm always like well what are the men's events going on and maybe i'll be able to go to trivia night and stuff my schedule has almost always not coincided with when their monthly gathering is or anything like that so this really is a nice thing and then i also found out that a comedian that i like uh carolyn ria is going to be at a comedy club nearby there on saturday night wow. so having had any number of times when i'm like reading and relaxing in my room what's on tv you know occasionally i i think i i keep threatening to go see a movie out there and i think i've done it once in 11 months but I actually have like social activity while I'm out. Nice. There. It'll, be it'll be trench coat. It'll be me alone, you know. So, yeah. but, but it's still, I'm just, I don't know. That's cool. It's very nice to be able to put things into your holiday season that are like, I really like this. I think what I'm going to do is, again, like the venue that I'm going to is also right near the Pan Asian buffet. So, I'm going to go and like glut myself on good sushi <laughs> then i'm gonna go sit in the back and enjoy prog rock and beach myself yes play for me <laughs> i'm just so happy all my senses <laughs> but i love that because because we've talked about this so often how enjoying life and getting those experiences just adds so much and you know some of these people are like eh, another day another dollar same old yeah come on right. you don't have to do that if you just do, I, I've, I've noticed, I think, you know, I, Facebook often throws ideas for events at me. And I noticed that you would do the same as I, you put interested in a whole bunch of different things. So you just have a little tickler for, yes. maybe I will go to that tree lighting. Maybe I will go to that, uh, you know, wine tasting or whatever else it might be. And another thing that's wonderful about tribute bands is last time Genesis was in Columbus, it was like, I'm going to drive to Columbus. And I'm going to pay 150 bucks a ticket. It was just too much for me. Yeah. I love Genesis. And I was like, boy, this, it just doesn't sit well with me, even though it might be their last tour. Project was like 22 bucks. You know what I mean? Uh, Carol and Rhea is going to be 17. That, those, that's not nothing. It's not free, like the lock three cool things you talked about. But that is, I got a 20 in my pocket. I can yeah. go see this thing for 20 bucks. That just seems like the the impulse by and, and no doubt if I want to see it, I can do it. You and know the really I mean? best ones do everything they can to sound and look just like who they're doing the tribute for. So it's Absolutely. not just a band up there covering songs badly. It sounds right. note for note. The, uh, the way I know I saw a Rolling Stone uh, cover band and this guy had Mick Jagger down. I mean, it, you could rooster it, strut. Oh yeah. It was funny. like okay. through the years too. So, uh, you know, he acted different and wore different outfits from the 60s than when they got up to the 80s, 90s. He dressed different and he acted a little different. And I'm like, that That's guy wild. really knows his job. He's professional, you know, yeah, yeah. and talking I, about I, the things. Oh, I'm sorry. Talking about the things going out. So I don't know if you have this on your radar to check out every now and then mm -hmm. over in Warren is the W.D. Packard Music Hall. Mm -hmm. Now, this was actually given a donation over a hundred years ago by W.D. Packard, the car magnet, you know, that okay, right. he had lots of money. Well, instead of just, uh, you know, hoarding his money, he donated a trust fund back to the uh, Warren to create this music hall and have free music for the community. And it's been over a hundred years that they still offer this music. And we go to it a lot on the 4th of July. They do wonderful concert and then fireworks. And Very they cool. do several concerts throughout the year. Well, they just had their Christmas spectacular. Yeah. And it, it was free. And I was looking around like, why is this place not packed? This is an, it was an hour and a half of Christmas music. And they had um, Mrs. Claus there singing. They had local bands 
uh, the drum line of one of the local bands was there. They had the dance studios dancing the kids with the, I mean, not, it's not a just community thing. Everyone, yeah. yeah, that's very, it cool. wasn't just yeah. a, the dance studio didn't just have a pre-recorded thing that they danced to. Like my daughter had, they had an orchestra playing Christmas music that they were dancing yeah. to. And it was awesome. And I'm like, what? And you get parents that are like, Oh yeah. You know, spirit of Christmas is gone, but take your kids out to the damn thing. I mean, come on. Yeah. I was like irritated, but the music yeah. itself was fantastic they're a professional band they are not hacks it is not a small little quartet it is a full orchestra playing professional music at that level and it was just fantastic all the way through they're on my radar and, and i don't they i'm in town 20 years you know 22 years now with colleen and they haven't been on my radar so i didn't know about them but something i must have seen like who's coming there like steve hackett or Tom Petty cover band or like some really good stuff. It's I, like, I think Morse what, what has it? been there. Yeah. So just that I'm hoping that my now being more aware of them, you know, part of I, my talk at the end of this month is going to be about drinking from the fire hose. Like I mentioned, you yes. know, that given option glut, some part of it is just the overhead of keeping track of everything. So it isn't only that I look for things going on in Cleveland. If something's really good, we're willing to drive to Detroit, to Pittsburgh, to Columbus, to Warren, <laughs> you know what I mean? To right. go see good bands. And it's kind of cool that some, like George Thorogood just doesn't come to Cleveland, but he comes to the Northfield Casino. Right. So you kind of have to have a whole bunch of um, ticklers out there that I, I regularly read what's coming up at Playhouse Square, what's coming up at all these various different concert venues. And then I hope that i will notice in time to buy good tickets when i see oh kansas is not coming into town but they're going to be in pittsburgh let's go see kansas there and stuff like that right um so we have uh, i think i mentioned we have straight no chaser coming up just tonight as a matter of nice. fact we're them live doing their christmas music and then our new year's eve plans this year are to go see the cleveland orchestra do james bond music at yes. acoustically perfect place I, I don't know maybe we'll dress up because it's new year's eve but the the you know it really isn't about going there and like you know being snooty it's about how cool is it going to be to have a cool new year's eve of this great music and the orchestra is going to like hopefully the orchestra is going to be not just they're going to be enjoying themselves everybody that's cool yeah that's very cool so i think Oh man, there's so many things that go on. Like you said, I, I hit interest and my cousin's like, oh, you're going to the Snoopy painting. I'm like, what Snoopy painting? Well, you marked it. I'm like, hold on. I go through Facebook and I just hit interested so I can see the stuff. And, the, yeah. and then, but if I say I'm interested in a music thing, they give me more music things. If I'm interested in a paint night, I'm that get more paint night stuff. If I like peanuts, I get more peanut stuff. So it, it doesn't mean I'm going to it necessarily. Oh, well, and like, they got upset about it. I'm like, oh, dude, <laughs> I'm just using yeah. the technical stuff, you know? <laughs> right. We've had a couple of times where things I had put, hey, I'm interested. It was like three on the same night and we had to choose one. And we actually kind of like left it till the end so that it was just, what do you feel like doing? It wasn't. Right. Um, where I was so worried about getting tickets or getting good tickets, there really could be, we're just going to show up and take whatever they have. And we've had great success of doing that once in a while. Most of the time, I really like to like get, I care about having good seats. I care about being right. in the center so the acoustics are good and being, I don't know, close, but within reasonable pricing. When a show ticket ranges from like 20 to 150, I don't mind paying the 20 and being way in the back because I'm in the place. Right. But then you know what I get? is six more concerts, <laughs> seven right, more right. concerts for 20 bucks each right. instead of paying one for 150. So I guess I, it's kind of, I don't think that's being cheap. I think that's being like, is it really that different? Seven times better to be closer at 150? Yeah, I agree. I'm okay with, you know, it matters to me only in places where I know enough of the venues now that's like, I kind of can't see things at the state theater without eating my knees that the, the rows of seats are too close together. Right. So I have to make sure that I get aisle seats so I can angle my legs out or else I am uncomfortable for two hours. Right. That, the That's shop, the point. You know I mean? So, yeah. 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 So um, real quick, last weekend, we went down to Sugar Creek, uh, which has the yeah. world's largest cuckoo clock. We've uh, been there. I yeah. kid you not. We were I saw you went like they had a whole lighting ceremony and everything. We were just there to see the clock. And there was this one store that was like went back a yards and yards and yards full of 
art stuff, Christmas stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Was, was that the really cool one with the really great displays of all the little statues everywhere? It must have been because that's what lured us in was like, yeah. this place looks like it has things I've never seen before. Let's go see what they have. Yep. <laughs> we went through the uh, museum that talked about the Amish and the Swiss that came to the area and all of that. It was okay. a really good time. My cousin was down there. You know, uh, we yeah. enjoy those types of things. But I was having to, like you said, choose because Kent's uh, up in Kent, they were supposed to be doing their light up ceremonies. And I'm like, eh, I could go to that by myself or go here where family is. But luckily, and I, I say luckily, sarcastically, uh, the the old flour mill at Kent, that's a national landmark, caught fire on oh, Friday night. Shut that down. No, so they did not do it. They're doing it this Saturday instead. So I'm like, whoa, well, the bright lining is I can do both. Selfishly, you know, the thing burnt down and whatever. But right, um, right. so there's one up in uh, Chagrin Falls, I think, in the morning, they're doing a ceremony. A light up and little activities and then going to Kent State. So it's like two of them I'm going to this weekend, but th there's just so many of these around. We went to the yeah. Canfield fairgrounds, such a great light display. Everyone talks about Ogilvy going down to West Virginia, Ogilvy, yeah, the lights and stuff. We've done that twice now. And it yeah. was, it was worth the drive the first time. And the second time it was like, well, now we've seen it and it's not enough different each year. We're not doing this again. Yeah. Well, that's driving, what I, you know? I told so, my mom because yeah. I took the kids and it was like 50 bucks a car or something or 25 bucks a person, something like that. It was like, oh, my yeah. God. OK, got to do it. Exactly. Yeah. But I can go to Canfield and drive through the lights. I can go to Alliance and drive through the lights. And there's like right. four or five places. I'm like, yeah, I'll spend the same as Ogilvy. It's a lot closer. And I see pretty much the same stuff. So right. we usually go to Neela Park. There's a couple of places. There's yes. one there's a courthouse and I'm trying to think what country, uh, what, what city it's in, what County, a County courthouse that is supposed to be just like all the way around lit up. And is that down in Cambridge? Might be because we were down in Marietta and we were going to drive up and then it just was pouring rain. Uh, it's like, we're going to see it from the car. I kind of wanted to get out and walk around it and like join the carolers. No, we'll get drenched. Like we couldn't do it. It so. might be Cambridge. I did take the kids down to there. They do a like Dickens Christmas. They have everything decorated kind of Victorian and they have people in Victorian dress. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's another thing where, you know, it's a, it's a little town. They do a, a little display and all the shops are open with Christmas stuff, but right. everyone's like, you know, Victorian era, like, so yeah, that that's was on our list. Yeah. So. It's kind of funny. I, you know, by being out in California, eight to 14, I'm kind of giving up that block of time. But once I'm back from 15 to 25, Colleen and I are going to be, there's, there's specific streets here in, in uh, near us. Let's see, maybe it's not Westlake, probably Fairview Park that like three streets in a row have every house is all decorated up. In Chicago, they used to 